right. You can be seated tonight. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter number 4. And uh, Brother Cameron is going to start this paper around right here. Uh, I mentioned this this morning, which if you signed up in our Sunday school class, don't sign up again, okay? Um, if you signed up in our class this morning, don't sign up again. Uh, but I do a weekly, I just do one a week. It's on Monday mornings. I send out uh, a weekly email devotional through um, our emergency services in our county where I'm the, the chaplain for our emergency services. And um, several of the people at the churches ask about starting to receive that. Um, so if you're interested in that, if you'll put, you need to put your name, your first and last name, and then put your email address on this piece of paper that's coming around. And uh, Brother Jonathan's working on getting all that set up, um, and uh, we'll start sending that out. And uh, I can't promise you that you'll get it tomorrow, uh, but we may can get you one by the end of the week. Uh, just depends on um, how quick I can put all that in, if Brother Jonathan shows me how, or if Brother Jonathan decides to put it all in. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll get you one out before the end of the week, okay? Um, so if you're interested in that, sign up. If you don't have an email and you want to get it, oh well. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how else to give it to you, but by email, unless you want to get it by text, but we're just doing it by email, okay? And, uh, Ms. Gordy, you're going to have to get a computer, a smartphone, and an email, okay, if you want to get that. And uh, Miss Tina will take you tomorrow to get you an iPhone 8 like Brother Wheels. Ain't that right, Brother Will? And uh, you just had to be on the Burnsville trip to appreciate that, didn't they, Haley? Uh, but anyway, um, you sign up if you're interested. I said this to our young people. And uh, I'll say it to, to the adults in case the young people gets it mixed up trying to tell their mamas and daddies. In a couple of Sundays, we're going to have be having a special Sunday afternoon. We'll have two guest speakers come in. Uh, we're going to start about 4 or 4.30 to our young people. We'll still have our regular service at 6. Uh, but we're going to have two different speakers come in and speak to our young people. And uh, I've been doing a lot of studying here lately about drug abuse and, and middle age um, uh, to high school kids and middle school to high school kids. And, um, and that, that adolescent 12 to 17-year-old uh, group, and um, it is mind-boggling when you look at it. Uh, matter of fact, I'll just throw a couple out to you. In 2014, there was 467, this is in America, there was 467,000 adolescents were current uh, non-medical users of pain relievers with 168,000 having addiction to prescription pain relievers. And um, it, it, it goes on to talk that in 2014, um, there was an estimated 18,000 heroin users um, in the adolescent age group, 12 to 17. And when you study that out, out of that 18,000, <clears> a large portion of those admitted that that addiction to heroin started with a prescription drug abuse, a prescription drug abuse. Matter of fact, um, I'll throw this out, 2012, there was 259 million prescriptions written um, for opiates. And if you look at that, that's enough to give every American adult their own bottle of pain pills. And um, I, if you want my personal opinion of it, uh, prescription medication today is a silent killer. It's, it's killing a lot of people. And um, uh, in our county last year alone, there was over 600 overdoses in our county last year. And um, um, it's looking like it's going to be even more than that this year here in our county. Um, so we, I'm going to try our best to educate our children on the results of um, uh, misuse of prescription pain medication. And um, you say, and, and here's the mind of young people that I've already talked to some, well, it's just the pain medication. But the problem with that is it's going to lead to something else. 
That's like it's just a kiss on the jaw. It's going to lead to something else. It's like it's holding hands. There's nothing. If there's nothing wrong with that, uh, then Brother Chris, I'm going to hold Miss Jasmine's hand after church as we walk around the night after church. But that ain't going to fly too good, is it? Brother Stan's shaking his hand. I'm talking about Miss Jasmine. I mean, if I start talking about Miss Shannon, you might see a fight right now, and I'm just talking about it. There is something wrong with it, amen, and it leads to something else. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. Paying medications is killing our country right now. It is killing our country right now. And um, we've got a doctor from Baptist Hospital that's going to be coming in um, talking about the medical side of it. And uh, I'm working with a narcotics officer. I hope I can get it all worked out for him to be here also. And uh, he's going to talk about that side of it also. And um, so um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be very educational for our children. And I'm sure that they'll probably show faces of meth. I'm sure some of you have probably seen that. And um, um, I'm going to tell you, we, we better warn them uh, uh, of the trouble ahead, man. And uh, it, it's a bad thing. It's, it really is. It's a bad thing. And uh, uh, I know some young people right now, Matter of fact, I know some young people you sit on these church pews that has a problem with it right now. And um, uh, that's when God, when I began seeing all of it, God began burdening my heart for Brother Stan, in which we had Brother Steve Pope come in and, and, and preach that message. We had that special youth night. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, it was a powerful, powerful message. Uh, but uh, we can have him come back in, um, and I can talk about it. I can give you all kind of statistics on it. Miss Vicky can talk about it from the world that she works in. But sometimes it's good to have a complete stranger that you don't know come in. And uh, when you have a medical doctor that comes in that deals with it in the emergency room at Baptist on, uh, uh, on a daily basis when he's working um, and can show... You know, they, somewhere right now, Brooke Kevin, a family's viewing a teenager that's overdosed on prescription pain medication um, that's deep um, right now. And if we're not careful, it'll hit us. Y'all acting like this is no big deal. But when you call me and it's your kid that's overdosed, it will be a big deal because you didn't think it was a big deal. You say, that's offensive. every once in a while, we just need to be offended, amen? And uh, I'm telling you, it's killing our county and it's killing our country. And uh, I'm going to do my best to set up roadblocks on the road um, to destruction for our young people, amen? And uh, not only for our young people, for our adults too, amen? And uh, it, it is a bad thing. All right, Colossians chapter number 4. Colossians chapter number 4. Man, I'm looking forward to revival. It's just right around the bend. Matter of fact, two weeks from tonight, Brother Jimbo will be here preaching for us. Then it'll be Brother Scotty Bullets. Man, I'm, I, I'm telling you, I'm as excited about Brother Scotty being with us those three nights as any preacher I've ever had. I mean that. And um, I'm excited about him. And then Brother Jeremiah, I know he's going to do great. And I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, man, I'm just excited about it. Amen. You know, God's blessed us with some of the greatest preachers in the country right in our, right in our area. And uh, Brother Scotty, he absolutely blowed me away at the beginning of this year in, in, in that revival, that little three-day revival we had that he preached in. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, God's using him in a great way, and uh, I sure do love him. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. I started this on Wednesday night, and um, we'll conclude it tonight and um, see what we can learn from the Word of the Lord. Amen? Colossians chapter number 4. Let's look at verse number 6. We're just going to look at this one verse. He says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, 
that you may know how you ought to answer every man. That you may know how you ought to answer every man. I began this past Wednesday night on this subject, the world's deadliest weapon. The world's deadliest weapon. And uh, we're going to talk some more about it tonight. Father, we sure love you tonight. <clears throat> we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, God, for being good to us. I pray, God, that you'd help us over the next few minutes, Lord. Give us the mind of Christ, God. I pray, Lord, that you'd guide our thoughts. I pray, God, that you'd guide our speech tonight, God. Lord, I pray that you put a bridle about our mouth, God. Help us, Lord, to say nothing, God, that you wouldn't want us to say. Only the words, God, that you'd have us to say. We'll be careful to give you the thanks. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. Again, I started this past Wednesday night on this subject of the world's deadliest weapon. The world's deadliest weapon. And I talked about this on Wednesday night. I'm sure that uh, prior to Wednesday night, if I was to have asked you to put something down on what that was, they would have been a multitude of different answers that was put down on that. But I really think that by looking into God's Word and by really sitting down and thinking about it a little while, that we can all agree that I personally believe the world's deadliest weapon is our tongue today. Um, I, I, I thought about this when I began studying on it, and I'm going to make mention of several things briefly uh, for those that wasn't here on Wednesday night. The Bible has a lot to say about the tongue in it. The word tongue is mentioned in 126 different verses, and it's 128 different times because a few verses has it twice in it. But 126 different verses mentions the tongue in it. Let me just read you some of these verses. Proverbs chapter number 6 says this, These six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that uh, be swift and run into mischief, a false witness, and he that speaketh lies, uh, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Uh, he said, These six things that I hate, yea, seven is an abomination. Out of those seven things, three of them deals with our tongue. Three of them, two of the six, deals with our tongue that he says he's hate he hates and then the abomination god says it is an abomination he that soweth discord among the brethren you know what that's dealing with that's dealing with our tongue so uh god has a lot to say about the tongue you said preacher i don't sow discord among the brethren do you listen to it well then you're as guilty as the one saying it amen you're as guilty as the one saying it listen to what your bible said in proverbs 18 Here's what he said in verse number 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. He said death and life is in the power of the tongue. That's a pretty strong statement right there. Here's what Psalm said. In my distress I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from what? Lying lips and from the deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee? Or what shall be done unto thee, the, thou false tongue? Psalm said this, For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Chapter 12 of Psalm says this, The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, uh, and the tongue that speaketh proud things. So uh, we note that the tongue uh, is mentioned a lot in the Bible. James 1.19 says this, 
Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Now, I said this a week, not about that verse. Usually, we do that backwards. Are you with me? Here's what it is usually. We're swift to wrath, we're swift to speak, and we're slow to hear. <laughs> Amen. I said this, God gave us two ears and one mouth. That means we're supposed to listen twice as much as we speak. Amen. And he deals with that all throughout the Bible. Now, C.H. Spurgeon said this. I like this. He said, that which lies in the well of your thought will come up in the bucket of your, uh, of your speech. It sounds a lot like a statement that Jesus made in Matthew 12, 34. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The mouth speaketh. Now, when we look at Christ, we can say, as John did, never man spake like this man. And, and his words was words of wisdom. Never a man spake like the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's think about our tongue tonight, and let's think about the words in which we say. I believe that we can all say this. We have let our tongue get us in trouble before. Amen. We've let it get us in trouble before. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I, I have got my jaw slapped because of the words that came out of my mouth. Amen. Uh, me and Brother Rodney, before service, we was looking at a picture. And, and Brother Rodney, I bet if you could really see into the depths of that picture, his words probably led up to that. His words, our words, can get us in so much trouble. I'm talking about that quick. Now, y'all might as well nod your heads tonight because you've got words that you shouldn't say also. Our words will get us in trouble. Our tongue can get us in trouble. Our tongue can get us in trouble. Now, here's what we looked at. We said, number one, they ought to be sweet words. What did he say in the text? He said this, let your speech be always with grace. They ought to be sweet words. They ought to be graceful words. Let's be real honest. If we're not careful, us as married people sitting here tonight, we'll talk to our spouse worse than we will anybody else. We'll say things to them that we wouldn't dare say to our boss man or our boss lady. We wouldn't dare raise our voice to somebody else the way we do our own spouse sometimes. Everybody all right right there. Now, you know I'm preaching right tonight. Our words should be gracious words. They should be gracious words. They were sweet words. Not only was they, they should they be sweet words, but I said this. And, and matter of fact, the words of Christ was. He said this, grace is poured into thy lips. But think about this. They should be seasoned words. And that word seasoned right there, he, he begins to talk about it. And he says that they were seasoned with salt. And salt is an article that purifies. It keeps something pure. Our words should be pure words. They should be pure words. But number three tonight, let me pick up here. Number three tonight, and I'll give you two other things, three other things quickly tonight, and we'll go home. Number three tonight, they should be suitable words. They should be suitable words. A lot of times, uh, the, it's corrupt communication that comes out of our mouth. Now, I'm going to say this again before the end of the message because it's written in here a couple times. But I want to say this. Even when sometimes we're just acting a fool, cutting up, we got to remember there is a dying world that's going to hell that's watching us. 
So the preacher, I was just messing around. I was just cutting up. I give an illustration on Wednesday night uh, uh, about on, on Monday morning of this, this past week about me just cutting up about something. But it ended up having to lead to an apology because it's just cutting up. They ought to be suitable words. They ought to be suitable words. You know, a lot of times we say our children, we tell our children, don't you say that, but then we'll turn right around and say it. Guilty. I'll be the first to admit it, guilty. You ought not say that, but we turn right around and say it. There ought to be suitable words. Now, I'm just going to throw this out. I don't have this written down in here, but the words that they're hearing from everybody else should be suitable also. You say, I can't control everybody else's words. I can't around my children. I sure can. I can get up and leave. Matter of fact, I have said something to people before. In a restaurant, I turned around and said, Sir, I don't mean to be rude, but my children and my wife is with me, and if you would watch your language for just a little while longer while we finish our meal, I sure would appreciate it, sir. You said, Preacher, that wasn't suitable words. That was suitable words. If I'd have turned around and smacked them in the back of the head and said, You ought to have some respect for our community, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do. Now, that wouldn't have been suitable. They ought to be suitable words. Know what our text says. He says that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Listen to what the Bible said in Job 38. Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Words without knowledge. A lot of times our words have no knowledge in them. Our words have, that word knowledge means this. A clear and a certain perception of which exists or of truth and fact. So in other words, if it's a suitable word, there is truth and fact to go with that word because it's a knowledgeable word. It's a knowledgeable word. My dad used to say this to me. And, and here's exactly what he'd say. He'd say, if you don't know what you're talking about, then just keep your mouth shut. Matter of fact, to this day, to this day, he'll still say that. If you don't know what you're talking about, you know what? A lot of times our words are not suitable words because we don't have a clue what we're talking about. We've heard Sister Wigglejaw or, 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 or Brother Gertrude over there at the, the Spit and Whittle Club or, or, or heaven forbid. We read it on Facebook. So that's as good as the King James Bible. And can I just say something? I've been without about 30, 31, 32 days. I ain't missed it a bit. I had somebody ask me the other night, did you see what was posted on Facebook? Did you see what such and such posted on Facebook? I said, no, I sure did. I sure did. Well, I couldn't believe it. I said, okay, have a good day. It ought to be suitable words, man. When we say something, when we say something, we ought to be able to back it up with truth. Suitable words, knowledgeable words. You ever met somebody just talks around in a circle? You can talk to them for 35 minutes, and at the end of 35 minutes, they could have said what they wanted to say in 35 seconds. There was no knowledge in their words, a suitable word. They ought to be suitable words tonight. Uh, think about this. I read this. It says, we should learn to think twice and speak once. A lot of people, I read this, a lot of people have their mind in neutral 
in their mouth in high gear. Boy, how true is that? How true is that? They ain't even thinking, man. They're just... They've never said, they've never thought about what they're going to say. You know, we may laugh about it a little bit, but in all honesty, it really shows our foolishness when we're like it. When we're like it. Suitable words. Here's what 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give it an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. When our speech is motivated by Satan, it is full of jealousy, selfishness, desires, and disorders that roots from me. But listen to this statement. When our speech is motivated by God and His wisdom, it is full of mercy, love, peace, courtesy, sincerity, gentleness, and goodness. What's well, a good statement tonight. When you think about your speech, is it full of jealousy, selfish desires, disorder, evil, if that's what it's full of, then it is not suitable words from the Lord. It's coming straight from the throne of hell. It's coming from Satan. So number three tonight, they should be suitable words. It's sad to say this, but a lot of times any more words are nothing but a simple word that we use called gossip. It's called gossip. You know, if I want to know, and I'm not going to call no names tonight, so don't nobody get jealous. But Brother Kevin, if there was to be just a little something brewing in the church, there's one or two I can call and they know everything. Now, if you're one of them, that's not a good thing. I'm just being honest. What's the latest gossip? What's the latest gossip? When I read the newspaper. I like to read the newspaper. I guess I'm getting old. I look at the obituaries, and uh, I, I'm always making sure my name's not there. I look at the obituaries, and 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 I'll read the uh, the the police briefs and the sheriff's briefs, and, and and I'll read the county commissioners what they've got coming up on the ballot, and 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 and, and I'm just throwing this out, but thirty to forty thousand dollars. Anybody read the paper today? to remove asbestos from the building at Beulah before they can tear it down. I thought, my soul, thirty to 40000 Did you read it, Brother Jonathan? Thirty to $40,000. Just, I thought, man, I need to run for county commission. We can cut thirty dollars or $40,000 out right here. Hey, man, y'all with me right there? I, I like to stay up on stuff, but there's a difference in gossip. There's a difference. I read this today. Hello, my name is Gossip. I am more deadly than the screaming shell of the cat. I win without killing. I tear down homes, break hearts, wreck lives. I travel on the wings of the wind. No innocence is strong enough to imitate uh, me. No purity pure enough to daunt me. I have no regard for truth, no respect for justice, no mercy for the defenseless, no victims are as numerous as the sand, or my victims are as numerous as the sand of the sea, and often as innocent. I never forget and tell the truth. What's truth? That is the truth. My victims are as many as the sands of the sea. I wonder how many people sat at home tonight. I wonder how many people sat at home tonight because of gossip 
has hit them and affected them, and now they won't walk back in church. Gossip. So, preach. What kind of words does it need to be? It needs to be soothed. It needs to be. You need to speak those words with knowledge. If you don't have knowledge that it's right, you know what the best thing we can do? It's just hush. It's just hush. Not only does it need to be suitable. Number four tonight, I want you to know this. Our words need to be sorrowful words. It needs to be sorrowful. Uh, Victoria, every once in a while, she'll do something. And, and she, she, just like any other kid, it's always an accident. Y'all with me? Y'all ever face that, Miss Shannon? It's an accident. Why'd you smack your sister? It's an accident. You got threats and you just smacked her. I mean, you know, you just don't accidentally walk up to somebody and smack her face. I, 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 I just stop. I wanted to accidentally do that before, but anyway, say, man, Tim, you've been there before too. I've seen you there before. <laughs> It was an accident, and I say this, you go tell her you're sorry. Oh. Y'all with me right there? Oh. No. Look at her. Tell her you're sorry and hug her neck. Really? Really? Look at her. Tell her you're sorry. You know they don't mean it, but I'm going to make them do it anyway. Our words tonight should be sorry. And I say something to you every once in a while, I apologize for things I didn't say. For things we're getting that I didn't say. Why? Just keep There's two words that we need to learn in our vocabulary. These. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We all struggle with those two words. You might as well say amen right there. It's not in our human nature to be sorry. It is in our human nature to rebel against that and, and to let strife and malice set in. That is in our human nature. But there's two words that we must learn if we're going to be mature Christians, not only mature Christians, if we're going to be mature adults, and that's the two words, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I kept the email, and it'll stay kind of like Brother Brian. About, I'm not as bad as Brother Brian. Brother Brian's got over 437,000 emails. His email I've never seen an email. And we said something about something three or four years. Well, hold on a minute. Yeah, right here it is. <laughs> but I'll keep a lot of things that I sent. That one the other morning that I sent, I said, hey, I'm sorry. You know, I'll keep that just in case anybody ever says that. You know what you said? That, well, wait a minute. Here's your reply to that. Let me show it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We must learn sorrowful words. Matthew 5 says this in verse 24. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and thou rememberest that thy brother have ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Now, I want to show you something in this verse. This is going to put everybody in this room under conviction, and I'll show you something in this verse. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother have aught against thee, not you have aught against them, 
But if they have all against you, if you know that person has all against you, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says you go to them and make it right. Sorry for words, boy. I'm not going to them. I didn't do nothing wrong. They need to get over it. You're real mature, aren't you? Sorry for what? Sorry for what? Listen to this Ephesians 4 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon thy right. Let not the sun. Every once in a while I go to bed and rest and go. Let not the sun go down upon thy wrath. So what do you say then? Ain't none of your business. Are you, I tell my kids that every once in a while. I'm sorry. Don't let the sun go down. Don't let the sun go down. Some of the hardest words that you'll ever say is those two words. I'm sorry. Let me show you one more tonight. Not only should they be sorry for words, but there is some words that should never proceed out of our mouth. Let me tell you what that is, sinful words. Now I'm close on this one tonight. Sinful words should never proceed out of our mouth. Should never proceed out of our mouth. Should never. I'll read you this verse again at the end of the message. Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Sinful words. Second Timothy, let me just read this verse. Second Timothy 4, 2, verse 14. Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to, not, uh, to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. That word subverting simply means the overthrowing of the hearers or entirely destroying the hearers. Studying to show thyself, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as the king. Oh, he says shun. Because if you don't shun babbling, it will increase. If you hang out with a babbler, you know what you'll become? A babbler. You say, well, what's a babbler? Somebody that just babbles along. They just run their mouth over nothing. Now, you can get mad and quiet if you want to. I'm reading you the Scripture. Runs their mouth over nothing. A lot of things that, matter of fact, if we was real honest, probably 75% of what we say hadn't even really got to be said. You said some people's just so quiet. I'd rather have somebody so quiet than somebody that's so loud. He's telling us right here in the Scriptures. He said, study show thyself prove worth and need not be ashamed. But isn't it amazing that he deals with a babbler after that? In the same context, you know what he's saying? If you'll study that book right there, it'll show you who you need to have communication with and who you don't. It meant sinful words, sinful words. Here's what Andrew Murray said. A talkative person should read the Bible out loud and pray out loud. This will help him to become acquainted with the language of heaven. 
It'll help him become acquainted with the language of heaven because that's the language that should come out of our mouth. Let me read you one more verse. 1 Timothy 5, 13. And with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also and busybodies speaking things which they ought Paul deals with that. He's, tell, he's telling young Timothy, there's a group that's running around and they're nothing but paddlers and backbiters and, and babblers, so you better watch them. Saying things that they ought not. That's the scripture. Now, since everybody's already mad, I'm just going to go ahead and really light your fuse tonight. You know who Paul's talking about right there? He's talking about women. Yeah. Now you just take your Bible. I'll prove it to you. Take your Bible. Go to go to the book of Timothy. Go to First Timothy. First Timothy tonight. Here's what he says, First Timothy chapter five. First Timothy chapter five. Verse thirteen. This is what I just read you. Now if you'll start in verse number one. And you'll begin reading. Let me just pick up in verse number 11. But the younger widows refuse. For when they have begun to wax um, uh, wanting against Christ, they will marry, having damnations because they have cast off their first faith. Don't ask yourself, who is a widow? Speak out loud, who's a widow? Is it a woman or a man? It's a woman. Now what does it say? And with all, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but paddlers also, and busy bodies speaking things to okay, Can I be real with you just a minute? I've never had a man come to me at this church and go, Brother Tim come up to me and said something that hurt my feet. Everybody okay? I'm not. You say, you're being a male chauvinist. No, I'm reading you the Bible. I'm reading you say, I don't like it. Well, take it up with God. It's His Word. Amen. Take it up with the Lord. I've never had a man do that. Boy, I sure have had some women. Preacher, they hurt my feelings. Okay. Well, go talk to them. Tell them they hurt your feelings. They won't listen. Well, if they don't listen, then it's on them. It's off of you. Amen. Everybody okay right there? It's off of you. There's some words that we need to avoid. Yes, there's some words that we should have. We should have sweet words, and we should have seasoned words. We should have suitable words. Amen. We should. We should have sorrowful words. There's some words that we need to avoid. That's no sinful words. Brother Stan, give this to me. It's called spiritual speech therapy. Spiritual speech therapy. You got a pen and a piece of paper right at that. Spiritual speech therapy. This is good. I can't take credit for it because Brother Stan gives it to me. 
I wish I could. And I'm going to probably put it in one of the devotions here in the next few weeks. And I'm going to put it at the bottom, Dr. Stan Newton. He said, I got it from somebody else. I like it too. Now here it is. Spiritual people speaks to me. Number one is what you are about to say. What you're about to say, well, Facebook said it. Well, it was tweeted. Yeah. Well, that, that, I mean, Miss Shannon, that is definitely true. If it was on Facebook, tweeted, Instagram, and Snapchat, you don't want to know my opinion. Snapchat, it's straight out of hate. That's what it is. Amen. You can die. You're already dead. Anything that erases as soon as you send it, you didn't have no business sending it in the first place. That's exactly right. And mom and daddy's get mad, you can just vote me out, okay? That's exactly right. You ain't got no business sending it in the first place. Oh, my. I've, I've seen our kids do it. Oh, my goodness. And I say, well, let me see it. Well, it's gone now. Amen. Amen. You say, well, my kids don't have it. As long as you can't check the phone. I'm going to tell you something. Snapchat has ruined more friendships and families than Facebook has. Amen. Y'all can't wait till Wednesday night. Y'all can't wait till revival. But it's the truth. That is the truth about Snapchat. It's straight out. I, it's straight out of charred walls. It's what you're about to say true. Yes, sir. It, it, it's true. Number two. It's what you're about to say necessary. It's what you're about to say. Is, that, is it even necessary? To, I said this while ago. From 75% of what we say, we don't even have to say. I like to talk to you as much as anybody else. But I have begun praying, God help me not talk. You say, why? Because the less I talk, the less I have to worry about saying Amen. It's what you're about to say next thing. Number three, what you're about to say beneficial. Will it build up the paradigm? Number four, do you have permission to say what you're about to say? Do you have permission to say? Somebody comes to you in confidence, it'll stay in confidence. It'll stay in confidence. It ought not be said. Y'all remember this? Y'all remember the Andy Griffith show? When the gold was coming through? Andy told Barney that the gold was coming through, and he absolutely could not tell nobody else but he told Juanita down at the diner and when the gold truck got there there was a whole parade of people standing outside waiting on the gold truck when it come into town and Andy got out and looked at Barney and said I told you not to tell nobody well, Andy I just told Juanita now I guess Juanita done a column all on Facebook that tweeted it and snapchatted it 
and Instagrammed it, and then the whole, all of Mayberry was there. Oh, he said, preacher, what did you say? Is it beneficial? Is it beneficial? And do you have permission to say it? I have people talk to me in confidence all the time. And I've even had the deacons in the church ask me for everything go out to them. I seen you talk to them after a while. Yeah, everything's fine. Let me tell you the reason why I say that. Because it's really not the deacon's business. It's not your business. It's nobody's business but me and that family that just got done talking. It's nobody else's business. The church, you can get mad if you want to tonight. But what I'm saying is true. Every church splits from within. And every church split has come from a tongue. It's where it's came. Well, look at this. Number five. Is your motive pure concerning what you're about to say? That is awesome statement. Is your motive pure? Why are you even going to say that? Why are you even going to say that? Every once in a while, I'll ask Matt, so why, why do you even say that? Why, why even... Why even say it? Think about this, church. Is your motive pure concerning what you're about to say? If it's not a pure motive, then why say it? If it's just to downgrade somebody, then why say it? Why say it? I run into a, I run into a preacher yesterday. Running two preachers yesterday. Yeah. And whenever I run into them, First thing that went through my mind was they're not what we are. And the next thing that went through my mind was by their testimony, they're saying, go ahead. You know what I done? I walked up to them. I hugged both of them's neck. And I said, man, I haven't seen all If I called their names, a large portion of you, part of you, I haven't seen all of you. I said, how in the world is your children? You know what? I could have snowed and turned the other way, or I could have said something derogatory to you. But what would that have thought? What would that have thought? Sometimes we say things and we just can't help. Sometimes we do things and we just can't help. But can I be real honest with you? There's a world They're watching us. They're watching us. They know who we are. The preacher, I really didn't mean nothing about it. It's probably somebody else told me that. Something said. Nothing's really meant by it. Well, they walked past somebody, two people that was in the corner talking about things that they had no business talking about inside the church or outside the church about something that they heard that somebody else had done or they seen on Facebook that they done. Look, you ain't going to stand before God for nobody but you. I, I'm not going to stand before God for Alan Barton. Let me be real honest with you. We don't see eye to eye on everything. I know you probably just got shocked right there. But we don't see eye to eye on everything. You sit down with me long enough, and 
we'll read that Bible together long enough, and I promise you we're not going to see eye to eye on it. But I'm just not going to go running. I'm just not going to go running. I'm just not going to go running. At the end of the day, if you'll look around right here, when you're in need, right here too. 27, December 24th, except I looked around, there's 27, from our, I counted 27 people from our church that night. So about 2 o'clock that morning, we go from our Sunday. Yes, some of Miss Debbie's family, Brother Joe's family, but the majority of the people that was there. Look around. This is who's going to be there. There's been time, and and this comes from a plain talking. There's been times with my position in the county at two or three o'clock in the morning. I've got called to go somewhere where for a major accident taking place. Been an officer involved shooting to take place or something. And you know what I'll do at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning? Some of y'all know this. I'll pick up the phone and I'll call. And I'll say, hey, look, I need you to pray right now. I can't say nothing about the situation that I'm going through, but please pray. Please pray right now. Pray for traveling grace on the road. Pray that I have the words to say when I get there. Before I even pick up the phone and call my own family, a lot of times I call some people. I'll tell you the reason why. Because at two o'clock in the morning, I believe the people sitting in this room would be the one beside my hospital. So we ought to be careful what we say. We ought to be careful. Say, preacher, who's talking about who in the church? I don't know. As far as I know, everybody's fine. Like we was talking before church, Brother Josh, it's that continuing education. It's that colonnade. Every once in a while, we just need to be remembered and our minds refreshed that our words can destroy the That our words can destroy the Barney will say, nip it. Nip it in the bud. Nip it. I said this Wednesday night. A lot of times they're just duplicating what they see at home. Everybody okay right there? They're just duplicating what they see at home. That young and screams at mama. It's usually just duplicate what he's seeing at home. That young and screams at daddy. It's usually just duplicate what they see mama do at the house, what they see daddy do at the house. I understand there's times that medication comes in play, or 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 a medical disorder comes in play, but for the most part, they're just simply duplicating what they see. 
God help our words to be right, church. Our words to be right. Father, as we stand tonight all over the congregation, Lord, I don't know why you put on my heart what you did for tonight, Wednesday night. But God, I pray, Lord, that you take our feeble efforts and bless them. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help our words to be right. God, we want those shouting services. We want those services where the Shekinah glory of God falls. Lord, if our words will be right, we'll have those services. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And there's a few around the altar tonight. 